Welcome to the CX Pod Europe from TTEC. Hello and welcome to the CX Pod Europe from TTEC, your CX podcast providing thought leadership and executive insight into customer issues. My name is Mark Hillary. I'm a writer and analyst focused on technology and CX. CX as a service is a term that's grown in importance over recent years as many cloud-based services have become more popular. But what does it really mean for companies that are planning a modern CX strategy? In this episode, I'm talking to Simon Dillsworth about CX as a service and the digital transformation of CX. Simon is the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing at T-Tech EMEA. Simon believes that a transformation in how CX is delivered is really accelerating and CX as a service is just the start. So let's go straight to the interview. Okay, Simon, it's great to get you on the podcast. Um, now, I know that uh, in some of your articles and some of the stuff I've seen Alistair talk about as well, you've often mentioned CX as a service, and, and this has started becoming quite a popular term in the CX market, but, but T-Tech has been particularly associated with it. So first, maybe it would be best to open with, like, what's your take on CX as a service? How important is this now? And, and, and why are we really talking about it now? Yeah, hi Mark. Good, great to catch up with you again. I think CX as a service means different things to different people. But from a T-Tech perspective, we're talking about bringing together talent transformation and technology. And what does that mean? So think about your typical transformation engagement and you've got a client who's purchasing talent, i.e. the advisors who are managing contacts, transformation in terms of the consulting skills, and that might be in-house or typically bought in by a third party, and technology, which is your classic content center platform, your CCAS platforms, that is the heart and lungs of the environment. And into that, you've got multiple technology solutions being plugged in. So when we look at effective digital transformation, we're talking about bringing those three strands together in a meaningful way that allows you to design customer journeys to deliver the outputs that you're seeking. And the offer and the, C, the CX as a service offer that T-Tech brings is to be able to procure those services from a single partner on a single platform with a single contract and delivering the outcomes that you need for your customers. So that's the, the concept behind it. Why, why do I think it's becoming more important? Well, I think it's difficult to ignore the, the COVID impact. We, we know that clients are always under pressure to reduce cost and certainly post pandemic if you weren't thinking digital then you certainly are thinking digital now so more and more organizations are looking at how do we how do we do this how do you deliver better service at an incrementally lower cost well one of the ways is to look at cx as a service because one of the issues that we find and and i would say this is particularly prevalent across the market is because you have that siloed buying nature. So again, let's go back to talent transformation and technology as three strands. If you're purchasing that from three different organizations, that's a minimum of three relationships you've got to manage. So not only have you got the overhead of trying to manage three disparate organizations, you're also trying to bring together their activity in an integrated manner to deliver on the customer outcomes that you acquire. It's almost impossible. Because you've got three different budgets, three different buyers, and very rarely can you bring these together into a coherent manner. So the opportunity to be able to do that with a partner who can come in with confidence based on experience and case studies and genuinely take over that estate for you and run it and deliver the outcomes, I think is becoming more attractive because organizations can't afford to waste money, time and effort on fragmented operations that underwhelm in terms of the outputs. 
Yeah, and most organizations are fairly fragmented. I mean, let's face it. So what are some of the key inhibitors that you normally see? I mean, when you talk about, you know, here's a vision of the future, uh, what's, you know, one of the the things that you're, you're often sort of knocked back with then and where companies say, well, this is going to be difficult? Yeah, it's a, it can be a big leap of faith. And I think if we're honest, we're, we're not suggesting the market has evolved to the point where everyone is buying this because not every organization is ready for it. And we go back to that concept of buying tables. We're seeing those buying tables converge. And for the reasons I've pointed out, there's, there's pressure on costs, there's pressure on digital transformation at speed. But I think the fear factor is, is, is potentially reducing because we're seeing more evidence in the market of organizations willing to look at this model. And some of the objections have been, well, why would we want to give all of our estate to a single partner? Well, I would argue you don't have to in theory because inevitably there's some level of in-house operation that you're going to retain. So if it's about maintaining that competition and that expertise, why not just have in-house captive running alongside a T-Tech, for example, delivering that CX as a service model for you? It doesn't have to feel as though you're handing over the keys to another organization and losing control. Quite the opposite. You know, you gain more control by allowing an organization to bring its expertise to bear and deliver the outcomes for you. So I think there's a almost an objection handling process you go through, which is to say, look, you know, it doesn't have to be big bang. It doesn't have to be all at once, but it can be. And if you want to do that, there's a way in which we can help you get there quickly. Yeah, and I suppose that this level of change that you're talking about, because especially this means a lot of different silos within organizations need to be working together. I mean, I guess that could seem quite daunting for, for some companies. So are you seeing a greater demand for this or is there a, or, or is the demand being led by companies who are already kind of switched on to as a service type, uh, like cloud type operations? I would say that the demand is increasing because the leadership is demanding a better output in terms of CX experience and CX outcomes. So inevitably, there's a greater recognition that look at what we've done to date type mentality, which is we've got all these silos, we've got customer journeys that cross over multiple units, whether it's business units or IT or logistics, and we're trying to solve for a problem to deliver a better experience. You cannot do that until you bring those units together to behave almost as customer journey teams from end to end. And as that, I think as more and more of that rhetoric is coming down from CEOs and chief customer officers who are understanding the importance of that integration, it's easier to embrace models like CX as a service because it ties in with how you're trying to culturally align your business to think customer, think journeys, think outcomes, not think siloed metrics, KPIs, and budgets. So I think it's about evolving company culture, but it's also about education to, to help companies understand how this has a, a role to play if you're genuinely focused on better quality, better company quality outcomes, and at the end of the day, reducing your cost of ownership over a period of time. And so what are some of the other sort of maybe practical challenges? Um, I mean, such as maybe the, the tech stack, for example, you know, what, what are some of the, the sort of practical challenges that the brands are grappling with when it really comes to this type of transformation? Yeah, I think some of the biggest challenges we, we, we see in the market are, you know, on-premise legacy IT. So we go back to that concept of Mr. Customer who's, or Mr. Client, I should say, who is looking at customer experience and wanting to get better outcomes from the business. And one of the overriding, and I would say very regular issues we see is we want to do this, we want to change this, but our legacy IT is, is on-premise expensive, 
it's not, it was never designed to be agile. It takes an age to customize and it's extremely expensive. So one of the areas that we can help within that um, CX as a service model is to help organizations migrate to the cloud. So we have in-house expertise that looks at legacy estates and it doesn't have to be a big rip and replace. Sometimes it can be about use of digital workers to help you go and get information from fragmented systems and bring it back in a usable manner. But increasingly, we're seeing a huge demand for our migration services. So whether you're on Cisco, Genesis, AWS, we have in-house expertise that allows us to advise our clients as to the most cost-effective means of delivering a better outcome, which inevitably means getting some form of agility into the cloud and being able to respond to the needs of your CX departments internally, who are increasingly asking for more. Yeah, and I talked recently to Wayne Kay, your your partnerships director, and he said that over in the US, you guys have done hundreds and hundreds of cloud migrations, but but a lot of customers in Europe are, are just not aware of that. I mean, I guess that's uh, something you're banging the drum about now then. Definitely, and we need a bigger drum, and we need more bigger drums. So, uh, it, you know, it, watch this space. We're very excited about the proposition we bring to the market. And for me, it comes back to that old adage that nothing beats experience and nothing beats practical experience. So when you're in the market trying to solve a problem, whether it's on the traditional CX people-related side or with regards to technology and migrating and agility, what you want to do is speak to a company that has all of the scars, all of the war stories, has seen the good, bad, and the ugly, and has a you know a Rolodex of all of the implementations it's done across multiple technologies. And that's a fun place to be because you can walk with confidence into most meetings knowing that you can bring value to the conversations. So uh, long may it continue. And uh, yes, we need to go and buy a bigger drum. Yeah, and I, I was just thinking that as you were saying that, that a lot of these migrations, um, uh, well, and the services you're talking about transforming, um, they're, they're, they're probably multilingual. Um, they cross many borders. Um, so you're, you're building services that, you know, a service that has to work across many European countries is also going to need many different languages um, as part of the support package. So does that add a lot of complexity as well? Massive. And I think, you know, when we talk about CX as a service, and I use a pretty simplistic three lever model, if you like, of talent transformation and technology, that's all well and good. And it's complex enough when you're talking about a single language, so English for the sake of example. But our clients within EMEA have multilingual challenges. So whether that's sales or care, having multiple in-house, in-country teams servicing a customer is another layer of fragmentation on dealing with a customer journey issue on top of the way you're organized internally. So part of the way that we've, we help our customers to address this is we are actively increasing our footprint. So we have a strategy that links our multilingual hubs with nearshore destinations. And I guess the basic premise here is being able to offer customers high-quality native languages from multilingual hubs but the option and ability to scale across different language areas by using lower cost nearshore locations. So for example, we are opening up our Egyptian site in Cairo. That gives us not only great multilingual um, aspects and services for our clients, fantastic for English as well. And likewise with South Africa, which is going online. So again, fantastic for global English. It's you know probably as equi- the closest equivalent to the Philippines as a second option that you will find, and it's exploding. So we're seeing more and more BPOs going into South Africa and scaling, and we'll continue to do this because as our clients are talking to us about their needs, we're taking a needs-based approach to the market. It's not just about a volume play of being everywhere for the sake of it. It's doing so in a smart way because. 
the future will become increasingly more digital. It's not going to be about just opening up sites left, right and centre and incrementally because the ROI just doesn't work. But we're not there yet. So voice remains equally as important as it has done for the last 20 years, and I think will do for the next 20, but its role will be different. So language, um, being able to offer cost-effective multilingual options on top of digital transformation is part of the toolkit. And I recently saw Peter Ryan actually um, wrote an article saying that Cairo is probably right now the, the number one location where you can get the most different languages supported in a single location. So, so that sounds like it's a good call for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just the sheer availability of talent and skills. And as you say, across multiple different languages, it's an absolute no-brainer and our, our clients are very keen for us to scale there as soon as possible. And talking about the clients, I mean, just just to wrap up then, um, is there are there any specific types of client or are there types of specific vertical that, that you're seeing that, that, that they've sort of bought into this model faster than others? Uh, the whole kind of CX as a service and everything as a service model. I think it's too early to say that there are specific verticals. Um, I think it's fair to say that some sectors are perhaps showing a quicker interest. You know, we Certainly within the public sector, you think about the legacy IT challenge that public sector has. It's no surprise that you know there's a greater level of interest now around, okay, so how could that work? And how can you bring that model to bear in this sort of environment? Um, automotive, again, you, know, you can think about the impact on automotive. Um, it's certainly a, an option for automotive customers. And retail. So I, I think it's too early to, to bucket by vertical, but I think there's definitely a, an education in process and there's a greater confidence in the market that if set up correctly and if delivered by a company that has the in-house skills and has the experience of doing this, that it's a pretty compelling proposition to consider. All right, Simon, that's great. Thanks very much. Thanks, Mark. Great to see you again. Thanks for listening to the CX Pod Europe. That's all we have time for today. Please check ttech.com slash EMEA slash CXPOD for other episodes of the podcast. Thank you for listening and goodbye until the next episode.